We began tonight with a conversation about an opportunity for the great state of North Dakota that may, ne may never, ever again be on our doorstep. Hi, everybody. I'm Scott Hinnon. In for the birthday boy, Chris Berg, by the way, tonight. That's right. Make sure you show him some love on social media. Tell him happy birthday. I shared a little video just to embarrass him. Happy birthday, Mr. POV. Anyway, let's get serious here because this is a conversation about a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It's about a library and a museum. It's about the only president to ever call North Dakota home for a time. It's about the only national park named for a president anywhere. And it's about preserving a legacy with the help of a fund designed to do just that, the Legacy Fund. North Dakota legislators will soon consider a proposal from Governor Doug Burgum and others to use $50 million from the Legacy Fund to secure a private contribution of $100 million to build the Theodore Roosevelt Presidential Library and Museum. There are only 13 of its kind in the world. This is a big deal that requires action soon by our North Dakota legislature. The biggest concern I hear from North Dakotans is the money. So let's break this down. First of all, the $50 million is only spent if the $100 million from others is secured. So it essentially leverages the money for a two-to-one gain. I guess you can tell we have a former Microsoft whiz as governor, right? I mean, that's brilliant. $50 million and it leverages $100 million. It's a good deal. Second, the legacy fund is something North Dakota voters approved in 2010 to set aside 30% of oil and gas tax revenues. The fund's earnings may be spent. By the way, it's already over a billion dollars with just the earnings with a simple majority vote. And finally, this is exactly the type of project envisioned for those dollars. One-time spending, lasting impacts beyond our current generation, and leveraged with other investment. If you're thinking all that sounds fine, but are asking yourself, do we really need another library? Okay, I need to make this really clear. Again, I hear this all the time on my radio show. That much for a library? $50 million for a library? Okay, here's the deal. It's not a library, okay? This is a library, okay? Check this out. This is a library on the screen. That's in Mayville, North Dakota. That's their library. That's nice library. It's, it's fine. Uh, Bismarck. Here's Bismarck's library. You want, you want to see what they have for a library in the middle of the state? Uh, you know, a, a fine library with uh, story time uh, with Miss Sparkles there and the always popular stuffed animal sleepover. Are we going to get that up there, guys? Yeah, see the, see the little... The little story time there and the stuffed animal sleepover. That's very, yes, exactly right. I've done that stuffed animal sleepover many times. Uh, here's one in Montevideo, Minnesota. That happens to be my hometown, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the Chippewa Montevideo uh, Public Library. A bit of a, a period piece, as you can see, uh, architecturally. But, but anyway, that, that's a library that you're going to check out a book and, you know, whatever, okay? So uh, it's not that. So let me show you what it is, okay? When is the last time every living president was in North Dakota. Hmm. Something like this. I see George Bush there. I see Barack Obama. I see Bill Clinton. There comes uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, who obviously was living at the time. Jimmy Carter. Yeah, that, that's all the living presidents. I, I can safely say the answer is never, folks. N never have all the living presidents uh, been here. But as you can see right there, uh, it happens when one of these kind of facilities is built. Since 1955, when the Presidential Libraries Act was actually passed by Congress, there have been 13 of these libraries put forward. Are we going to move the scroll, guys? Um, so that, that's when this first started, okay? Uh, 1955, that was passed. These facilities attract enormous nationwide attention. One of my favorite aspects of this project is the proposal from the Trump administration and their Department of Interior 
to build this facility we're talking about at the entrance to the park. And here's what I mean about a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. All of the people interested in donating dollars for a park like this in North Dakota, you're looking at other park, you're looking at other presidential libraries and museum uh, behind me here, okay, on your screen. All of those people have said, hey, is North Dakota for this? Is the state of North Dakota for this? What, what, what are, are they? Federal officials, same thing. Recently when I was in Washington, D.C., talked to folks from the Department of Interior. They said, you know, why, why isn't the legislature jumping at this? They're, they're a little confused about it. They're waiting for the legislature to help answer that question, is North Dakota in? Are you part of this? Do you have some skin in the game to commit the $50 million in legacy fund earnings? Which again, leverages the other $100 million. So you have a total of $150 million. There's been a desire among some interested parties and fans of Teddy Roosevelt to get a project like this built for him somewhere, anywhere. And uh, now we know there's public support to build it here in North Dakota from the Walton family, as in Walmart, uh-huh, uh, from Theodore Roosevelt V and many other philanthropists who will contribute to this. They've been here, they're ready, they're in, if North Dakota's elected leaders join this effort. And you know what? Our federal officials say, hey, this is a go. Today, I, I learned from Senator Hovind's office, Congressman Kramer, uh, Senator Kramer, rather, Congressman Armstrong, all in, okay? So th this, Ed Schaefer, many others. No small matter that you have a very forward-thinking Interior Department right now in the Trump administration that is considering a mixed use for the park. That doesn't happen very often in the Interior Department. They're saying, hey, it's okay, build this facility in the park as part of the entrance, okay? Because mixed use was part of Teddy Roosevelt's legacy, too. Little known fact, but true. Well, I, 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 the reason I'm so passionate about this, folks, uh, call me a nerd, if you will, but I love presidential museums. I've been to seven of the 13 so far. At Ronald Reagan's in California, you can walk through his Air Force One. Walk through it. The same plane that took him to Reykjavik to meet with Gorbachev. President George Herbert Walker Bush, you sit in a perfectly recreated Oval Office just like it looked when he was president. At JFK's Presidential Library and Museum near Boston, you see the very Bible he took the oath of office on. The working draft of the inaugural address is right there for you to look at. At Gerald Ford's in Michigan, you see the documents he saw during Watergate. At Nixon's, you see the two-room home he was born in. Or at the Bush 43 Museum in Dallas, you're presented with the same decision points and options on the Iraq war and financial crisis to make your own decisions. These are simply amazing places to live history. And they will obviously attract new visitors and add yet another quality of life attribute to our great state. History will come alive. There's nothing like this in North Dakota, nothing. And we have a small window of opportunity to add a tourist destination like no other, the Theodore Roosevelt Library and Museum at the entrance to the national park named in his honor. Wow, that's all I can say. Someone that knows as much about keeping Teddy Roosevelt's legacy burning bright is Randy Hudsonbuehler. Randy's the president of the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation. He joins us tonight from Bismarck. Randy, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you, Scott. Let me begin just with your overall thoughts about this project and what you think, uh, what kind of difference it would make to Medora, to uh, all of the attractions that you have there now, and, and for that matter, statewide. Well, I, I, I love listening to your introduction. I, I, I don't think you can overstate it. It's, uh, it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for North Dakota and, and clearly western part of the state and Medora. Um, I think that it's hard to guesstimate what will happen, but I'm sure it's going to be on a scale that we've not experienced before. Um, I, I've, I've been kind of fond of thinking about it this way. I, you know, in 1958, 
a handful of people carved a theater out of the Badlands. And I think most people would agree that North Dakota is a better place because of the National Park, because of Medora, and the experiences people can have out there. That was just a modest couple of people who wanted to celebrate the 100th birthday of Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, what's being talked about now, and Medora is significant, it's important. We've proven over 50 plus years that this is a good place and it's good for the state of North Dakota. But I think a presidential library and museum takes it to a, to a whole different level. And, uh, and you just have these natural partners in the park and the state and wonderful private businesses in town. And uh, we would just be a, you know, a partner to this library foundation that's working so hard to secure the funding for, the, for this project. And um, not to in any way diminish the significance of the, of the current Teddy Roosevelt National Park. I mean, I love it. Everybody does. North Unit, South Unit, everything else, Medora in that piece. But really, as it compares to other national parks, we're, the, we're on the lower end of traffic, are we not? I mean, how would this, how would this project impact that, Randy? I, I love listening to the park superintendent, Wendy Ross, when she talks about this project because um, we are a smaller park. We are less visited. But it's interesting, I think it was just two years ago when the New York Times did their, their uh, annual uh, article about the 52 most important places you can visit in the world, not the country. I think number five on the list was Theodore Roosevelt National Park, and it was the top uh, item in the country. Uh, this, I think, would change the traffic pattern. You talked about, you've been to seven of the presidential libraries of the 13. There are a lot of people that this is what they do. They want to get to every library. So I, you know, what the numbers will be are greatly debated. I, I, I don't have enough smarts to know exactly where they'll be. But I, I think that uh, what we'll see in Medora, um, and particularly coming across the state, because we know about 75% of the traffic comes from east to west will really change the traffic flow in a positive way. You know, somebody told me there would be uh, anywhere from 80 to 250,000 more people a year, I would believe, believe that range is possible and sustainable. So, so if uh, we were to do a little napkin math here and say, okay, uh, what percentage of those, I mean, uh, take a, take the, you know, split the baby, the numbers in half of that estimate, and uh, what percentage of those go to the musical, what does that mean in the way of, uh, of, of revenue uh, for, the, for, for the Teddy Roosevelt Memorial Foundation and, and, uh, and Medora? Well, I think the whole community of Medora changes in a good way, a really good way. And I have done that napkin math that says, you know, even if you're a quarter right, it'll be the most significant impact. You know, in, in 2011, we had 83,000 people see the Medora musical. We're excited that even though we're over 50 years old, that product grows, attracts more people, and now we routinely expect close to 120,000 people. Just, just at the musical alone, I, I would think that we have a chance to grow to 150,000 every year and maybe north of that. Those are not small numbers. Those are, those are really significant numbers. I think what happens when you create activities, other support businesses and services come to the area, not just Medora. Um, I think the surrounding area will see more rooms rented, more meals. Uh, you know, I, I look forward to what's happening when, when this is built because we've experienced some of it on small scales. When we built the amphitheater, 
private investment came into the community and, and brought things that were needed. I think Medora becomes a full service community um, where you'll see rooms and lodging and, and uh, meals and activities throughout the year, even into the winter. I know that obviously uh, having led uh, the efforts of the Medora Foundation, you've, you, you know well the tourist trade and where people come from uh, and what it takes to bring them here. Governor Burgum has called this our, uh, you know, uh, Mount Rushmore, right? Our attraction, our, our signature thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, uh, and uh, supports that for, this, for that reason. But talk a little bit about, you know, what it takes to get to, to tourist traffic here. For instance, bus traffic. I mean, uh, the bus traffic you have now, will that increase 20%, 40%? I mean, would you expect the, this is more, obviously, a year-round attraction now, where Medora now is more seasonal? Talk about the upside there, Randy. Well, I, I think that uh, the governor's absolutely right. And bus traffic is a, a perfect, small example. Um, we serve a lot of buses, but in fact, it's a very small number compared to what the opportunity is. Uh, the, the idea that we will connect Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone, and Medora, the Theodore Roosevelt National Park is part of a triangle, I think is real. And if you study South Dakota, there are over 3,000 motor coaches a year that are visiting Mount Rushmore. There are about 120 coming to the Theodore Roosevelt National Park. That, I believe, is going to see multiples. Not, not 20%, not 40%. I think it's going to be multiples. It's very reasonable to think we could have 300 to 500 motor coaches a year coming to Western North Dakota just because of the Presidential Library. When we go to the national bus shows and we take Theodore Roosevelt, Joe Wiegand, who's known across the country as the top Theodore Roosevelt repriser in the country, he's a magnet. He's an absolute magnet for the motor coach operators, and they sometimes think he's at Mount Rushmore. A presidential library will change that traffic pattern, for, and not just for motor coaches, but there are a lot of people who do take those trips and connect Yellowstone and Mount Rushmore, and some of them make their way up to North Dakota. I think we become part of the planned itinerary when this is built. And the, the amount of support for this is really incredible. It really is. This is, I mean, when you, when you think about uh, uh, Governor Burgum, his connections to some of these people that are going to donate, uh, you know, privately, the lieutenant governor, Senator Kramer has been full-throat supporter. Of course, Ed Schaefer uh, on your board. Uh, and, uh, and the legacy fund dollars, mm -hmm. of course. Remember, this isn't taking away from a road project or uh, some other, uh, you know, uh, water project for the state of North Dakota. This is out of a fund designed for exactly this kind of infrastructure, and it's off the earnings and matched with other dollars. So uh, Ron Ness told me the other day, North Dakota Petroleum Council, that, hey, they support this for one reason, workforce attraction, another amenity uh, for people to talk about, another component to that. So uh, there, there's a lot of support for this. Uh, what's, your, what's your sense? Is this going to happen, Randy? I'm an optimist, yes. I, 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 I know there's still people who are really trying to make their decision. I'm an optimist. I think it will happen. I had an opportunity to sit with the lead donors uh, just a couple of weeks ago for a couple of hours, they're passionate about it. I think people don't know this, that uh, the, the, the folks who are, are suggesting that they're going to do something spectacular are not just coming around lately. Um, she's been coming to Medora, North Dakota. She's fond of saying every year of her life, including the before she was born, and um, they, you know, Mr. Walton's been coming for 15 summers in a row. They love Medora. They love Theodore Roosevelt. 
but mostly they want to do things that will make a difference. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to visit, and, and, and I'm, I'm very fond of this quote of Theodore Roosevelt's that uh, he says, the best thing to do is the right thing. The next best thing is to do the wrong thing. The worst thing is to do nothing. Right now, I just, I just uh, I'm thrilled with this opportunity that we have as a state and that there are people from outside of the state who love the state, who are eager and wanting to partner with the state. So I, I don't know that you could characterize it any better than you did. And I, you know, I started out by saying in 1958, there was nothing in this state in terms of tourism comparatively. And that small group of people had this vision and they did something. You could argue that if they hadn't done that, which was really only supposed to last a couple of years, Harold Schaefer might never have gotten involved in the badlands of North Dakota. If he had not gotten involved, you might not have had it become a national park. It was a memorial park before. I don't even know that most people in our state understand that this is the only national park in the country that has a person's name associated with it. We've got a president that most people across the country are shocked that there isn't a presidential library for Theodore Roosevelt. We have an opportunity to put that into our state. And uh, so you ask, I'm, I'm an optimist. I think that when, when everybody considers what the opportunity is, and as you said, you know, two for one, and none of the state money needs to be spent on bricks and mortar, it will all go for the endowment to sustain the facil facility and the operation. Um, those are just the immediate return. I think the long-term return will, will dwarf even that two-for-one payback at the outset. Absolutely. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. That's why we're talking about it tonight. And, uh, you know, this window will close soon on a number of fronts. So, Randy, thanks for the time. Appreciate it very much. All the best to you. Thank you.